Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, I'm Rohit from LifestyleMastery.com and today I'm excited to have Jeff Tenry, who's the founder of Moonlighting, which is one of the fastest growing freelance marketplaces in the world and will be the first scale hiring platform on the blockchain. Uh, Jeff has over 25 years of senior executive leadership roles at Verizon, AT&T Wireless and Millennial Media. Uh, Jeff is an alumni of Miami University. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Well, it's great to be here, Rohit. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, you know, you, you've had a, quite a long career in, in media. You know, what got, got you interested to get into entrepreneurship and, and why did you start Moonlighting? Uh, yeah, the, the story comes from uh, 2008 when the market crashed. And, you know, I think a lot of people around the world were really wondering what was going to happen with employment. I'm a father of five. My wife was pregnant with our fifth child at the time. And I was concerned I was going to lose my job. I was with a, a startup that ended up being very successful, but at the time it was still early. And I started thinking about how I would find another job quickly um, if I lost my job. Um, so fortunate, I, I did not lose my job. And we went on to to build Millennial Media, which is a mobile media platform company that uh, that grew very quickly. We took it public in 2012. And then really when, when we were uh, kind of finishing up Millennial, we sold it to AOL in 2015. I was kind of at that point where I'd been at Millennial for seven years and I went and thought back to like, what could I do with this knowledge I have, this 25 years of mobile media experience? How can I put it to work for good and for, to, do, to help people, including myself? And so Moonlighting was really born out of the idea in 2008. It just took me about five, six years to kind of, get it all together in my head. And then, you know, I, I met two co-founders and we, we started moonlighting ourselves. We were working, I was at Millennial Media, they were at Capital One and we started to meet nights and weekends on, you know, uh, in that 2013, 2014 uh, stretch there and decided we wanted to, to go ahead and, uh, and build it. And so we, we raised a little bit of capital and we, we, we decided to go, to go make moonlighting a reality. Got it. So, um, were you an early employee at Millennial Media? I was. I was uh, fortunate enough to be there. Um, I think I was like employee number nine or ten. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a really great experience, and and I took a lot of what I learned at Millennial Media. My my role there, I was the the senior vice president of uh, monetization, global monetization. So I was responsible for expanding the platform globally, generating you know revenues, and really helping. Um, many of the most popular mobile applications out there um, monetize themselves and then just grow their audience. And so that played in very nicely to the way we've approached Moonlighting, which is, you know, really using that mobile media and user acquisition expertise to grow the platform and also leverage great partnerships like we have with uh, some of the top, you know, news media publishers in the U.S. Karan, I'm, I'm sure it's, you know it brings a lot of understanding about you know how to go to build a company where it's just starting out and you know taking it to a level where you you get an exit uh, and that to an IPO in the market. Um, but but looks like you started uh, you know while you were there at uh, Millennial, you 
you already have thoughts about building moonlighting. So, um, so when did you finally start working on it, and uh, when did you leave your job? And uh, you know, uh, and uh, looks like you've you've raced a couple of times. So, um, so, so can you can you go through your journey in the last couple of three, four years? Yeah, absolutely. So when I left uh, Millennial, was it in the summer of 2014? But we had been, you know, designing the, uh, the the first iteration of the mobile application and the platform really for the early part of. 2014, I just was moonlighting on the side along with my, my two my two colleagues. Uh, Ritesh Johar is our CTO and, and co-founder, and Roy Slater, who's our COO and co-founder. Um, so we met nights, weekends. We really uh, got serious about it when we went to go raise a little bit of money. We did an angel round um, for half a million dollars to try to get it off the ground, and we launched in, uh, in October of 2014. We actually launched the first app. Um, to some great success. Um, Apple recognized, I think, what we were doing very quickly and they featured us really through 2014 to, to now. It's been really, um, you know, leveraging and creating um, relationships with not only our end users and freelancers to help tell their story, but we, you know, we, we built uh, really great relationships with uh, publishing companies that have helped us spread the word and, and, and reach, you know, users and, and keep our user acquisition costs low. Um, we, we we got Gannett, McClatchy, and Tribune, which are the three largest uh, publishers of uh, news media. At the time, Chicago Tribune, we're in about 150 different news media sites. We also worked with um, Verizon, my old uh, company, um, to work with their AOL group, and we did things like preloaded moonlighting onto um, mobile devices to to help small business customers at Verizon um, grow their businesses. So we, we've, uh, we've gone pretty quickly from 100,000 users in 2016 to um, we're, we're almost at 700,000 users now, and we're going and expanding to different countries. We're in Canada now. We're extending out to um, the UK. Um, we're in the process of looking at how we can open up the entire world. Um, being, you know, this campaign that we're running with Republic has been uh, really great because there's a lot of folks from around the world that are very interested in not only investing in moonlighting but also participating on the platform and you know showcasing their skills and what they how they how they might want to work in today's you know big economy that's evolving got it yeah look looks like you know a lot of things have been happening over, over the last few years so uh, you, you know what did you do to increase your uh, your users from hundred thousand to uh, you know say around fifty thousand users mm-hmm. uh, you know i believe uh, there are a lot of other platforms uh, which which are which are like yours, like like Fiverr, Upwork, Toptal, but about you know what, what did you specifically do to increase the user user uh, base from there? You know, one of the things that we we wanted to do is be very inclusive and make sure that any type of freelancing was you know available on our platform. So we didn't want to just be very niche or you know be too too narrow in that. And so, you know, while there's Fiverr and Upwork and, and many, you know, other, other uh, platforms, our platform's always been open, inclusive, where we're, we're allowing everybody to participate. We make sure that um, we build tools and, you know, that people can manage their business and we don't take a cut of your paycheck. I think that's one of those differentiators where our model is different. We just started to monetize, um, you know, as we've hit a critical mass, um, we have subscription fees that are really, really easy to, to digest, $10 a month. Um, we've got a very, very easy way for you to be able to make payments and send invoices. So we focused in on 
wanting the freelancer to be able to come back and use this platform over and over again, unlike what happens, I think, in Upwork and others where people use it once and they don't want to lose 10 or 20% of a, of a healthy check, right? Or a healthy, healthy project. So we, we separated ourselves from that storyline, or at least that what, what is kind of the, let me take a cut of your, um, the compensation of what you're earning. And we focused really on the tools and making it um, open so that people could use it um, consistently and not circumvent the process. Um, in the early days, we did try to, we, we did follow that model and we didn't grow as quickly. And so that was one of the drivers when we removed that friction from the platform more and more people started to come on board obviously word of mouth um, we're also very seasoned um, digital marketers and so we've leveraged uh, social media um, uh, you know leveraging all of our millennial media experience we had in acquiring um, customers that way and then of course as I mentioned we've leveraged partnerships to share and spread the word um, moonlighting looks and feels a lot like LinkedIn uh, so people understand how to use it pretty quickly and that the user interface but we created and took the best parts of an uber experience so that you can hire someone very quickly we, we say three clicks or less from your mobile phone and you could do that um, for any type of job and we didn't restrict uh, that in any way and I think people appreciate that because I, you know I think a lot of times uh, investors and other people, you know, expect you to really be super narrow. And I think it misses out on a lot of things are we're narrow in the sense that we focus in on what's important to the freelancer and we don't just limit it to like, you know, web and tech and some of the IT programming things, which is what, you know, many people, you know, it's a great space, crowded space. Uh, Moonlighting is really kind of a mix of Upwork and Thumbtack for for that example too, where it's got hyper-local capabilities for people that, have to do jobs in person, a photographer, a DJ, a wedding officiant, um, you know, some like things that have to be done in person, a landscaper, um, an interior designer versus it being all about kind of a virtual world. Um, while the world is getting smaller, 43% of our users um, use Moonlighting for being able to do a digital job anywhere and, you know, anywhere at any time. So it doesn't have to be physically present and about 57% use a feature on our, in our app called Moonbeam where you can find and hire someone. It looks and feels a lot like Uber where you can just kind of find someone very quickly and, and hire them. So it's, it's a mix of those two worlds. And I think that, that also makes Moonlighting very unique and much, much different. And, and it's, you know, we, we like to use the term, we want to become the mainstream winner um, because like while Thumbtack and Fiverr and Upwork, they're really not household names. And, the common freelancer, the person that wants to freelance doesn't know about them. And, and in a lot of times because they never get it marketed to, or it's exclusive and they're, they're not able to participate based on their skill set. Got it. So, so you talk about Moonbeam looks like a very interesting concept. It's a very similar to handy jobs where you know, you're recruiting, people can recruit people to get, get some sort of a, a you know, small task done. Yeah, it, it, that's what I'm saying. Like we, we have a wide range of jobs. Um, okay. So it, exactly. I, Handy is again, kind of very specific now to, you know, like what TaskRabbit did, which is maybe assembling furniture or cleaning. Um, Handy's gone through a bunch of different iterations of kind of what they are. Uh, obviously just acquired by um, Angie's List and the IAC group. Um, so I think that, yeah, we have like, again, the platform is, was set up to be agnostic towards the type of work if you want to hire a freelance photographer, 
like you're ordering an Uber ride, or if you want to hire, you know, an IT professional to do some, you know, programming for you, you know, that, that experience and using it and using it in like with, with a social media spin, that's what we went for again, which is, you know, different than Fiverr is Fiverr. You see mostly a lot of, you know, entertainment and artistic and, 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 de- and development work on there, but you're kind of missing a whole local feel to Fiverr. Same thing for Upwork. Thumbtack has a great local kind of, uh, you know, offering, but doesn't really address the tech web and tech and professional crowd. So it's, it's a, it's an interesting, um, when you look at our competitive set and this kind of ties back into our blockchain plan, um, we don't, we are competing with them in, in one way, but our model is more about enabling them. We see in the future that we'll be partnering with those companies because we have 700,000 people who have, you know, entrusted their profiles and their data, their reviews, their recommendations. They've, they've shared that with Moonlighting. And we, again, if you're going to be a true, truly decentralized platform in the blockchain era, you got to be able to let the users kind of use their, use their profile the way they want to use it and where they want to use it. So part of our plan is to decentralize our platform and let our Moonlighters take their profile with them and not make it such a walled garden. You can only be in, in that world. I think that those models are, are getting broken down and, and disrupted and will be one of those disruptors because that's where we're moving with blockchain. Got it. Uh, so, you know, uh, earlier you talked about raising funds on Republic. So, um, so you know, you, you, you've raised uh, funding from from few uh, large uh, media companies. Why did you choose Republic and uh, why not, you know, raise it from a, from a traditional VC company? Um, we have raised, you know, money from really all, all walks. We've done, you know, now we've done venture, we've done um, strategic, we've done angel, and now, you know, we're, we're, we're leveraging this platform. This was really important for us to do the Republic campaign because we wanted users to participate on the platform and, and be able to feel a sense of ownership. Um, and we had a lot of our freelancers come to us. Um, earlier this year, we were um, contemplating running and conducting an ICO. Um, we, you know, partnered with some of the top law firms in the U.S. and as well as, you know, uh, other, you know, technical consultants in the blockchain world. Um, unfortunately, because I think of the regulatory climate, um, we did not, we didn't move forward with um, with the ICO. It just, you know, I think the the conversation around security versus a non-security and utility, you know, the, the SEC has been very clear and has done a good job of, you know, starting to define that market. And so we held off from doing it, but it, but it held off, you know, we weren't able to do what we wanted to do, which was to get our users to, to, to have a sense of ownership on the platform and owning it and using it. Um, so the Republic campaign was really um, an opportunity for us to, to get more of our users involved. And also just, you know, in, in our, my opinion is while we want to be successful with Moonlighting from an entrepreneurial perspective, we want this to be a platform for the people you know, governed by that the people as we move forward, our blockchain plan is really going to seed some of the control of what we do. And so that we focus in on really just providing the tools to make freelancers successful. And then we, you know, we get to, um, I think, have a much more successful company because people, you know, we're not trying to be greedy and hold on to, you know, every ounce of the company and control. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, on the Republic page, you also talked about freelancers will account for 80% of the global workforce. Um, so, uh, do you see the trend going there because of the millennials who uh, who find it difficult to, you know, maybe stick on to a job for 
for a year or, or more than that? Or do you think it's, it's, it's a general trend you're seeing across the world? I think it's a general trend across the world, although I think like the U.S. is, you know, fairly unique in, in one respect. Um, the, the wages and the wage stagnation in really in the U.S. has been, you know, two decades of wage stagnation when you think about the cost and the expenses going up for everything, education, food, fuel, housing. Um, that gap is, is, and I don't think is, is talked about enough, the gap in wages. I mean, I think you, you see it more in the news when people talk about fast food restaurants and people demanding a certain minimum wage. And, and, you know, there's a lot to be said in the capital markets of whether or not that's healthy for you to kind of force, you know, wage growth um, or wage increase. And I think right now what, what we think with moonlighting is that everyone should be moonlighting or freelancing to not only cover that gap, which means people need to work maybe two jobs or have multiple sources of income. But I think that that gap um, is, is further kind of like accepted through the fact that millennials are absolutely wonderful at multitasking and are great with technology. It's a really kind of a perfect storm of millennials um, coming out of school, having much better understanding of how to be an entrepreneur and start their own business they're taking classes in school to, to prepare them for that. They come out, they can leverage mobile technology, blockchain technology, really tech, digital technology as a whole. And then they come out and honestly, the wages of the, of the, the full-time jobs they're taking are not able to keep pace with their ability to save or, you know, accomplish some of their financial goals because housing's so expensive and they have huge debt coming out of school and colleges, which are very expensive. So this is forcing millennials to look to second jobs or freelance, right? And then the third piece is a millennial, you know, has an appreciation for a work-life balance that, you know, gen, you know I'm, a, I'm a Gen X, um, 50-year-old man. It's different. Uh, they value their, their time outside of work. They don't place everything um, on work unless it has cause or meaning for them. You add that to the mix too. And I think that's why freelancing is exploding but we have a belief that it'll be mainstream. Freelancing will be mainstream because technology will, will continue to evolve. So that companies like Moonlighting and Upwork and others will continue to present opportunities for people to work on their own terms and at times when they want to. And I think the, the other piece of it too is I think the economy, while things are you know rolling along pretty nicely, when there are downturns, I think it just is going to play into more of companies letting people employees go and saving on health benefits and all of those things. I think it just wraps up into where, where I think freelancing is not slowing down anytime soon. And I don't think that you're going to see corporations who are so tied to the stock market, you know, all of a sudden wanting to do massive, like right now they've hired and the employment marketplace has been good. Obviously the economy has been good, but mostly their stocks have performed well and stocks are up, you know, tremendously since 2008. So you, you, I think as soon as you start to see the stocks, you know, uh, claw back and you're seeing a little bit of it now and the shaky, shaky markets right now is I think you're going to start to see employment uh, pull back and then people will be forced to, to look to alternatives. And that's what, what moonlighting wants to be. I don't want to bet on a bad economy, but we're prepared for it because that's what we're all about is to try to help people find work. Yeah, I, I totally agree that people should uh, moonlight and freelance on the side uh, because you never know when the economy might go bad. Uh, but for, for listeners, you know, who would want to start, uh, you know, moonlighting uh, and looking at, uh, into, into similar freelancing websites like yours, uh, you know, what, what is the 
best and easiest uh, jobs which they can get going uh, and which uh, doesn't take too much of the time in, during a week well, which which are the most popular digital jobs which which you find people yeah and this is, shows the diversity of our marketplaces our number one job is a web and tech job as you you know as you see that has uh, got great demand in today's digital you know uh, economy Perfect. secondly is home and handyman complete other end of the spectrum and i think that also plays into you know people are investing in their homes economies are good People are, you know, uh, getting things done and renovations and such in their homes and, and, and investing in their homes, which is, for the most part, people's largest asset. So that right. makes sense. Our third largest or pop, most popular job is consulting, traditional consulting, as we know it. And then we have, you know, five other categories that range from transportation, family, which does things around like uh, the family, like tutoring and babysitting and pet sitting. Um, we have events, which is really popular, too, again, with the economy strong people looking to hire bartenders and, and, and uh, you know, caterers and chefs and you name it. And then we have even an artisan uh, where people are selling their own goods, um, you know, unique custom jewelry, carpentry, things that, uh, that they actually build themselves. So it's a really, you know, it's, it's intended, Moonlighting is intended to be very diverse and very open and very, um, you know, welcoming to freelancing so that the common person that isn't maybe the savvy you know, because like you think about Upwork and Fiverr, they've been around a long time. I mean, Upwork's been around for 15, 20 years. Um, you know, the, the, the people on those platforms have been, are tech savvy and have been on that platform for a long time. Um, but remember, the universe that Upwork has is still fairly limited in the sense that it's not a household, you know, to the common person that might want to do other projects. They, people just don't know. Not everybody knows about it. I think that's when people ask me about the gig economy, where we're at in the gig economy. I think the gig economy is so early very early. It's nascent because there really aren't uh, mainstream. We've been at this for four years and they're really, if I went outside and I pulled the common, you know, person in the street, you know, they, you, you mentioned Upwork, you mentioned Fiverr, you mentioned Thumbtack. They're like, mm, maybe, cause a lot of them like Thumbtack, you know, doesn't, doesn't really have um, presence in every single market. Right? right. A lot of these companies in the gig economy were, were fueled by, you know, venture that said, just do San Francisco, just do New York, just do LA. And they never really broke out of there because I think raising capital and following the Uber handy, you know, uh, task rabbit model is really expensive. We know Uber's raised billions of dollars, which I think they're the anomaly. Everyone else that's raised a boatload of money has been for the most part, um, you know, demand constrained. They really haven't broken into the mainstream. And I don't know if that, that, you know, I think it requires a massive amount of capital to do that. And I think if you look at Thumbtack, Fiverr, Handy, they've raised a boatload of capital. Um, and we've done, and I think that's the remarkable piece about Moonlighting, we've, we've raised $6.3 million and we've, we've accomplished this. And I think by being, you know, unique and open and kind of playing to a wider audience um, is going, you know, we're a platform play that's not going to require you know, $200 million of, uh, of capital to, to get where we want to get to. Got it. And, uh, you know, you, you told us about, about, uh, how do you make revenues, but it looks like it's, it's a SaaS sort of a model. So and can I talk a little bit about uh, how do you make money and what are the revenues in the last one year? So, yeah, so we, we, we make money three different ways, uh, on the monetization side. And, we, and like I said, we focus the first three years on, on building the, the marketplace and, and, and actually just getting engagement and get keeping our monthly active users and just growing the audience. So we didn't focus really on monetization really up until this past year. 
Um, we have three different ways that we're making money. So we have a SaaS model that is where the freelancer could promote themselves more um, intensely and, 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 and premium services so that our freelancers can get exposure and get hired and use the, the, the tools that we have on the platform. It's, ten, it's only $10 a month, very affordable. Um, we also have a second model where the news media folks help us uh, for, for uh, commercial partners that want to advertise a job, like a job listing. Um, the news media folks sell that on our behalf and then they uh, bundle it into their, um, as an audience extension when they're selling a, a listing for their newspaper print or their digital um, services. So that's the second way that we're making money. And then really third way is just traditional native advertising. We work with, you know, some great advertising partners like WeWork and Uber and Bank of America and QuickBooks and Intuit. So they advertise within the platform, very similar to what you see at Facebook or LinkedIn. So those are the three ways that we make money. Um, we've generated, um, you know, close to a million dollars of, uh, of revenue so far. And so we're, you know, we're still in that early stages um, of kind of getting that revenue going. 2019 is going to be a big year for us as we've got some really great partnerships. Uh, we just announced one with Nextdoor that we're doing that's got tremendous uh, revenue velocity um, for 2019. And then we'll be announcing another kind of large um, staffing partnership um, where Moonlighting will be, will be, will be you know, identifying and, and bringing freelancers to some really interesting projects on, you know, one of the largest staffing companies in the world, um, which will be really exciting. And, you know, it's uh, both of those uh, will give us an opportunity, hopefully to do between 10 and $15 million next year. Um, and then, you know, the, the big, big opportunity I think is still yet to come. I think, that, you know, the announcement that Uber was extending beyond, ride sharing and looking to, to, to get into a more traditional staffing offering. Um, you know, I think that's, that news is going to, to change and alter a lot within this on-demand gig economy. Um, but I, so I, I, I think next year is going to be a really interesting year when Uber, which does have brand awareness gets into it. I think you, then you'll start to see that the tides turn here where the gig economy will become more mainstream. The companies that will evolve and lead here will, will have brands and have, um, presences that people will know, you know, commonly. Um, and I think that's what is kind of missing from the gig economy. And we, and Moonlighting wants to be that, you know, thought of in that same vein, you know, we wanted a name that, you know, people understand what Moonlighting is. Um, they understand kind of what our mission is. And I think there's going to be room for winners in the space that aren't your traditional, you know, uh, staffing, old school staffing companies, which I think are, are really just, uh, you know, not quite ready for this shift in, um, in technology that could become really disruptive to them. Cause you know, if you think about staffing companies, almost all of them take a, a large cut of someone's, you know, hourly wage or, or, or salary, you know, 20%, sometimes 30%. I think that model is, is ripe for disruption. And I think you're going to see companies like Uber and others that are going to, you know, emerge here um, that are going to bring brand recognition to, to the gig economy. Yeah, that's, that's quite interesting. Uh, uh, so I want to know what's what's your what's your, what's the next big thing for you? Are you looking for an exit strategy, uh, or, you know, uh, or you know what what is the next big goal for you? Yeah, no, I, I think you know we're we're just focused right now on operating. You know, uh, we've done really well by just keeping a focus each year um, on the business and and keeping the main focus on the freelancer and delivering new tools. And and so next year is all about revenue growth for us. Um, and I think that's, you know, one thing is, you know, we built the technology, uh, we built blockchain technology. Now it's a time for us to 
to monetize, right? In fairness to our investors and, and, uh, and just overall, we need to, we, we've kind of given away the, the platform for free for, you know, years now and built up a nice following. Now, is, you know, our focus is going to be on, you know, growing the business, scaling it. Our goal is to, to get to a couple million users this year with the goals I mentioned to you before about revenue. Um, exit strategy is always something that uh, I think is always a product of your performance. And so if we can, you know, have a, a good 2019, it, I think those things are always going to be, um, you know, out there. Awesome. So let's quickly do the top three. Uh, what's your favorite business book? You know, I just recently read a book called Pitch Anything. Okay. And it, it was just a great, I got, I, forgive me on the author on that. Um, but I, I just really, uh, it, it kind of struck me on just, you know, when you're out, um, you know, raising money, which we've perpetually been doing for, you know, four years. Um, I thought that was a great, a great book. It's a great one for any entrepreneur out there that wants to go raise money. Got it. And, you know, if you could go back in time when you started moonlighting, what, what is the one thing you would have focused on? Oh boy. You know, I, you know, this is the time of year for reflection around the holidays, right. Of what you, you know, the mistakes you make and the things that you, uh, that you did well. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know if I, I would go back and say like the one thing I wish we would have done differently. I, I think there's many things along the way and it's always like you hope the decisions you do make cover up for the ones that you didn't make well. So I'm always like, you know, any, all entrepreneurs building a company will, if they tell you that they did everything right, then they're lying. Um, yes. So I think, I think you try to find like, you know, it's anything else because you're going to make more mistakes than you make successful. You got to make sure the successful ones are, are good. So I think we've followed a blueprint now for four years that I think, you know, makes sense. We're staying true to what we want moonlighting to be. Um, you know, if I could go back, I think like anything else, I, you know, maybe starting monetization a little bit earlier because that would have led to, you know, not having to do as much fundraising and such. But I, I think that all, you know, works its way out in the wash because we have a highly engaged, you know, platform where people are enjoying it and we're making a difference. Sometimes you can start monetization too early. But I think that's probably one area that you always look at. So you wish you, you maybe started that earlier, but that's always pressure you get from the outside from, you know, people that are investors and investors want to make money. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's your favorite online tool, for example, Gmail, Slack, LinkedIn? I'm a big LinkedIn user, <laughs> largely because one of the inspirations were, you know, going back to why we started Moonlighting is um, I, I like LinkedIn a lot. I just, I, I feel like LinkedIn still is pretty clubby and still kind of narrow in that it's really more for, in my opinion, um, corporate use and using it to, you know, get to the VP of sale, VP of something to sell them something. I think, you know, I, I feel like LinkedIn is, is uh, leaving the freelance world behind. It doesn't really, it's not set up, I think, to be really a freelance platform yet. I think, you know, LinkedIn, you know, now with Microsoft could do lots of things. But I, we were inspired by LinkedIn. We, we thought we would be like LinkedIn with a Venmo twist for payments because my two co-founders come out of a heavy fintech digital payments background. But I would say that, um, yeah, that's probably, I'm a, I'm a heavy LinkedIn user largely because, you know, you're out and you're, you know, contacting venture capitalists and, you know, working with, uh, you know, some of the folks we work with. So it's become, in my opinion, a great tool for me for fundraising, not necessarily freelancing. And I think that's what Moonlighting is. If I were to, you know, kind of define it as I think Moonlighting is LinkedIn for freelancing. And, uh, you know, that's a nice, that's a nice comparison. We were called Craigslist without the creepiness. 
when we first started the company back, you know, you know, jokingly, um, not, you know, by the press, Forbes call, has called us the Swiss Army knife for the gig economy. We we like that that analogy better. Um, but I, if I were really kind of looking at it, I think it's we have LinkedIn uh, qualities and attributes. Throwing a little bit of Uber there because we wanted to make Uber available for any any type of uh, you know we we built the functionality of Uber for our users to use it, and so that they could be hired by their clients so they can share our our uh, our solution with them more easily and you can continue to use it as opposed to oh I got the client I don't want to use it because I don't want to give up twenty or thirty percent of my paycheck so yeah yeah LinkedIn uh, is also one of my favorite uh, you know platforms. Um, uh, so, you know, uh, what are the best way people can reach out to you and, and get to know more about uh, Moonlighting? Yeah, thank you. Um, moonlighting.com. So, Moonlighting, just as it uh, sounds, .com. Uh, we're, we're highly active on social media as well. You can find us uh, at Moonlighting and on Twitter. And uh, you'll also, uh, if you want, anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm simply uh, Jeff at Moonlighting.com. All right, that's, uh, Jeff, thank you very much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. You got it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.